Friends, there is too much beauty in this world to give up on it yet. And it is always too soon to surrender to cynicism. Bring your doubt, your scepticism, your downright confusion and even your bitterness. But in the midst of all these, in the centre, wrap your tender fingers around that still bright thread of hope. Feel in your heart that still steady hunger for something more. The vision we glimpse every day in the rising sun across the footfalls, the foothills, the light that spreads across the face of the one we love. The look of knowing all there is to know and still loving life, loving us just as it is and just as we are. For this hour we come to celebrate, to praise and to give thanks, to refuse to give up, to steady ourselves, keepers of hope, brave builders of this still possible world. Come, let us worship together. Our opening words by Gretchen Haley, Unitarian Universalist Minister. Friends, it's good to be with you. Those I know well, those I know a little, and those I don't yet have the pleasure of knowing. Whether you're joining via Zoom from home or from the church building, a warm welcome to this service on behalf of Kensington Unitarians. For those who don't know me, my name is Sheena Gabriel, and until recently I was the Minister of Medro Unitarian Chapel in Godalming. And I'm very glad to be with you to lead your service this morning. It's been a good few years since I've taken a service for Kensington Unitarians, and it's the first time via Zoom. And it does feel a bit strange beaming in, mindful some of you are watching from the church and presumably seeing me on a big screen, I don't know. But I give thanks for the technology that makes this possible. And I also say thank you to Reverend Jane Blackall, who made sure I knew what to expect and was very meticulous in offering me guidance on the service format and source the music for me. And of course, thanks also to Janine and the others who are managing the tech this morning. Feel free to do what you need to be comfortable. And if that means having your camera off, nice as it is to see friendly faces, it's fine to keep your camera off if that's what you prefer. And if this happens to be your first time with Kensington Unitarians, then I hope you'll stay on afterwards to speak to some of the regular crowd and to find out more about the Essex Church community. They're a great bunch. My service today explores the threads that connect us to each other and to our highest calling and purpose. Perhaps you come here with sorrow and heartache confusion or anxiety. But our opening words remind us we are not alone and that in community, in spiritual community, we can find nourishment and support for our onward journeys. Despite the personal struggles of our lives and the collective struggles of our world, goodness and beauty and truth remain 
and we are invited to reach out and wrap our tender fingers around the still bright thread of hope which can be discerned even in adversity. So let us celebrate this time we are given as we light our chalice, a symbol of the liberal religious tradition of which we are a part. And my chalice lighting words are by Laura Thompson, adapted. Across the distance, the light from within me shines, sending love to you all. Across the distance, your light is fuel that warms me and helps to keep my own light burning. Together, may we honour the divine spark in every human life and keep the flame of community burning bright against the darkness of all that would oppress and disfigure. May it be so. Spirit of life who draws us together in a web of holy relationships, Make your presence known with us and in us and among us. Remind us that we are not alone in history. Ignite us with the courage of the living tradition of which we are a part. Remind us that we are not alone in entering the future. Anchor us with patience and perseverance. Remind us that we are not alone in our times of grief and pain. Comfort us with your spirit, manifest in human hands and voices. Remind us that we are not alone in joy and wonder. Inspire us to honour and extend the beauty we find in this world. Divine music of the universe, let our hearts beat in diverse and harmonious rhythms, cooperating with an everlasting dance of love. May we move with the rhythms of peace. May we move with the rhythms of compassion. May we move with the rhythms of justice source of stars and planets and water and land. Open our hearts to all of our neighbours, those known to us and those unknown. Open our souls to a renewal of faith and hope. Open our hands to join together in the work ahead. So be it. Blessed be. Amen.
And to end our time of prayer, a poem of praise by Denise Levitoff. Intricate and untraceable, weaving and interweaving, dark strand with light, designed beyond all spiderly contrivance to link, not to entrap. Elation, grief, joy, contrition entwined. Shaking, changing, forever forming, transforming. All praise, all praise to the great web. Amen. So now we come to our first hymn, which is in the purple book, Sing Your Faith, number 199, if you have a hymn book to hand and want to follow the music, but the, the words will be up on the screen. Weaver, God, creator, continuing that idea of threads and the web of life that holds us all. So you're all muted, so let's sing together. Weaver, God, creator. Slender Threads by Jungian analyst Robert A. Johnson from his book, Balancing Heaven and Earth, a memoir of visions, dreams, and realizations. 
It's an audacious notion to put forth in this age of science and willful determination that one's existence is somehow inspired, guided, even managed by unseen forces outside our control. Whether called fate, destiny, or the hand of God, slender threads are at work bringing coherence and continuity to our lives. Over time, they weave a remarkable tapestry. But what are these slender threads? Being, a, being in a particular place at just the right time, meeting someone who steers you in an unforeseen direction, the unexpected appearance of work, money, or inspiration, just when they are most needed, these are the mysterious forces that guide and shape who we are, the patterns that give meaning to our experiences. Some people seem to exert more free will over their lives. They make plans, set goals, and proceed with full confidence of being in control. That has never worked for me, despite my best efforts. Looking back from the vantage point of 76 years, it is clear that my existence has always been managed by some benevolent fate. It has taken the better part of a lifetime to accept this idea, and much of the time I still don't understand it. But I've learned to stop fighting it. In youth, I floundered and followed the slender threads only when I felt it or when they seemed to be taking me where I already wanted to go. I often struggled to oppose them. As the fruit of my old age, I have finally come to trust the mystery. The mystery is this. There is no one right thing to do at every moment. We can either follow or resist the slender threads. We all have free will and we can try to force situations in life. Perhaps that struggle is what keeps us bound to this earth. But I have gradually learned to accept the slender threads possess greater intelligence and wisdom than our scrambling egos. In good times and bad, one slender thread after another has seen me through and together have shaped what I know and who I am. Looking back at the many slender threads that have guided my life, who could have predicted the friendships I made, the doors that would open, or the directions that these contacts would lead me. It was all beyond my wildest imagination, yet as I look back on it now, there was a coherent pattern at work. My fate was being guided in ways that I still not do, that I still do not understand. The ancient world lived by the slender threads. The concept of listening to the will of God is difficult for many modern people as it collides with our love of freedom and insistence on free will. However, I must declare that with respect to the most important aspects of my life, I am not free. I am safest when I let go of trying to control my life and instead follow the slender threads. Nobody but me can balance my checkbook or keep my house tidy. These are the appropriate tasks for the ego. The little decisions belong to us, while the great things are like weather sweeping us along. Yet most modern people spend a majority of their waking hours 
worrying about larger issues the ego cannot really control. We must learn to be humble and quiet our egos so that we may follow the slender threads, listening to the will of God as it manifests within our own psyche, hearing the still small voice within. This is the religious life. The possibility of the slender threads operating at all times is so staggering that most of us can't bear it. Dr. Jung used this word, his word, synchronicity, to designate a meaningful co coincidence. I think that the slender threads are continually present. It is just our ability to accept them that varies. It is probably true that we live in a universe with more meaning in it than we can comprehend or even tolerate. It is overflowing with meaning, pattern, connections. It's up to me to control the world around me. All I have to do is be attentive to its design and follow the slender threads. Thank you, Maria, for reading that so beautifully. Just, just one point, um, and it may have been a typo slipped in there. Robert Johnson says, the mystery is, is this, there is one right thing to do at every moment, rather than there is no one right thing. So, um, and I find that quite challenging, that there is a right thing to do every moment. But I just sort of want to highlight that because it, it's the crux of what um, Robert Johnson is saying. Um, but quite a challenging um, concept for me. So I accept it may be challenging for others too. So now we have another time of meditation as we reflect on the threads that reach back into the past. People known to us in this church community, in the wider Unitarian community, and in our lives. Those no longer with us, who are absent through death or geographical distance, who remain a strong part of who we are, to whom we're bound in love and friendship with invisible threads. So I offer some words by Heather K. Jennings. They once dwelt amongst us, the people of memory. They who knew us, who taught us. They who hurt us they who loved us. They touch our lives time and again through their presence and their absence, through familiar scents and favourite songs, through old stories and renewed sorrow. As the earth turns and leaves fall, we reach back to renew the bonds between us. With hearts and hands open, we'd hold on to love ever stronger than death. We reach back in gratitude and understanding. Without our time together, the pain and the joy 
we would never be who we are today. We would have little to pass on ourselves. With thanksgiving and with hope for all that awaits, we remember those who have gone before. We honour the circle of life and death and our place within this sacred thread. Now extending our meditation outward to reflect on the threads that connect us to the universe and all that lives. Words by Robert T. Weston. There is a living web runs through us to all the universe, linking each with each and through all life onto the distant stars. Each knows a little corner of the world and lives as if this were all. We no more see the farther reaches of the threads than we see of the future. But it's there. Touch but one thread, no matter which, and the thoughtful eye may trace to distant lands its firm, continuing strand yet lose its filaments as they reach out, but find at last it coming back to them from whom it led. We move as in a fog aware of self, but only dimly conscious of the rest, as they are close to us in sight or feeling. New objects loom up for a time, fade in and out, then sometimes as we look on unawares, the fog lifts and there's the web in shimmering beauty, reaching past all horizons. We catch our breath, stretch out our eager hands and then in comes the fog again. And we go on, feeling a little foolish, doubting what we had seen. The hands were right. The web is real. Our folly is that we so soon forget.
Thank you to Peter and Abby for such beautiful music. Robert Johnson's concept of slender threads rings true for me. As I look back, I can discern an invisible thread which has shaped my life and calling in ways I couldn't have imagined. Even through times of struggle, this thread has proved trustworthy. I offer just a few examples. I had to leave university because of illness. This led me to a support group run by two members, people who happened to be members of the Unitarian Chapel in Godalming. Through them, I found my spiritual home. At the chapel, I met someone who helped me get a job in mental health, which led on to training in counselling. A slender thread beckoned me away from my first marriage. Even as I resisted its pull for a long time, the thread was wiser than my ego. At Hutclough Summer School in 2000, walking a labyrinth set out in the chapel grounds, I finally made the decision to follow the thread. And I was reminded, as I walked the labyrinth, of the Greek myth of Theseus, who's guided out of the labyrinth by Ariadna's thread. And as I navigated through the maze of a broken relationship, friends, including someone here with us today, provided a strong thread to help me find my way through. My very own Ariadne's. Through chapel folk, I connected to other Unitarians and slender threads led to me meeting my husband Robert Croydon Unitarian Church. It was a strong pull of an invisible thread that led me into training and Unitarian ministry at Godamin Chapel. And it was a pull once more of this thread that led me to step down in January of this year because of health issues. I resisted, but I'm learning to trust the slender thread. Perhaps you have your own stories of how a slender thread or threads has guided your own life. The thread I follow is part of my faith in an unseen reality, which I call God. You may use a different name. Perhaps the thread you follow is connected to your highest truth, your deepest values or the thread of vocation. I think whatever name we use, this thread, these threads are one and the same forged in the crucible of love and goodness and beauty and truth as best we understand it. I'm mindful it can seem glib to talk of threads that guide our lives and shape our destinies, especially when we see so much suffering around us. When so many people, despite their prayers and strong faith, find the thread of their lives cut short in tragic circumstances or cruelly snatched away by war, conflict, accident, poverty, illness, mental health issues which squash potential meaning. For some folks, it seems the slender threads seem very slender. I don't know how it works. I can't speak for other people. All I can say is from my own experience, even at the risk of seeming naive, that this invisible thread is true however tenuous it feels at times. It's still a reality I could stake my life on. The way jobs have appeared, doors have opened, people have showed up at the right time, in the right place, on enough occasions for me to trust a larger pattern which shapes my life. But it's not plain sailing, and it does take an active surrender of my will to something wiser and larger than myself, which I'm not very good at. 
my ego always jumps in and wants to take charge. And following the slender threads doesn't mean we won't be led through dark places or lose sight of the way. I've recently reread a book from favourite book, child um, child story by the um, Victorian author and um, minister George MacDonald, the princess and the goblin. And in the story, the young princess Irene is given a ring. It's a gift from her great great grandmother, whom she discovers living in a high tower. And this mysterious woman is both ancient and young, human and divine. And she gives her a ring and attached to the ring is a ball of thread which is spun in moonlight and tempered in fire. And the princess can't see the thread but she can feel it and she's told it will guide her when she's in trouble. Her great-great-grandmother tells her, lay your finger upon the thread and follow it wherever it leads. But remember, it may seem to you a very roundabout way indeed, but you must not doubt the thread. Of one thing you may be sure, that while you hold it, I hold it too. And a few months after, Irene is frightened by a noise in her room and remembering her ring, she puts it on and she follows the thread, feeling her way. She expects it to lead up the staircase to her great-great-grandmother, but to her dismay it leads her away from the palace, up a mountain, and then even worse, down the mountain into darkness. As she descends in total darkness, she began to be frightened indeed, very frightened. But she kept feeling the thread backwards and forwards as she went further and further into the darkness of the great hollow. And she kept in mind her grandmother, of all that she had said to her, how kind she'd been, how beautiful and all about her lovely room. And she became more and more sure the thread could not have gone there of itself. Her grandmother must have sent it but it tried her dreadfully when the path down went very steep and when she came to places where she had to go down rough stairs. Through one narrow passage after another, over lumps of rock and sand and clay, the thread guided her. In a hundred directions she turned, obedient to the guiding thread, and then the thread finally vanishes through a heap of solid rocks. For one terrible moment she felt as if her grandmother had forsaken her, the thread had gone where she could no longer follow. She was forsaken indeed. So the princess tries to follow the thread backwards to get out the mountain and go home. But the instant she tries to go backwards, it vanishes from her touch. Forwards, it leads her to a heap of stones. Backwards, it leads nowhere. In despair, she thinks the thread has failed her. But after a few moments, it comes to her head to follow the thread forward by moving the stones that block her way. And by doing so, she eventually finds her way through and the thread guides her on. Behind the stones, she finds her friend, a young miner called Curdie, who's been captured by the goblins who live in the mountains after he discovers their plan to kidnap the princess. In trusting the thread, the princess rescues Curdie and ultimately saves herself. On trying to exit the mountain, the young miner thinks that the princess's story about the thread is just foolish nonsense. He knows the mines, he knows the way out better than the princess, but she insists they must obey the invisible thread, even when it takes them in unexpected ways. 
and by remaining true to the thread, she leads him to safety. Even then, Curdie still can't believe when the princess tells him about the thread and her great-great-grandmother. And it's only later when he has his own experience of being guided that he realises there's truth in what she says. The story reminds me of the need for faith when the way closes before me. Trusting this invisible thread is never wholly broken or fully out of reach. And so I try to follow the thread forward as best I can, even as I can't explain it to others, even as others may mock the idea. And this idea of a guiding thread is captured powerfully in a poem by William Stafford. There's a thread you follow. It goes amongst things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing and you have to explain about the thread, but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you can do stops times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Words by William Stafford. And the concept of threads that interweave and guide our lives are found in different traditions. In Taoism, the continuity that moves through the entire universe, connecting everything in all times, places and dimensions, is called the golden thread. In Hinduism, we find the concept of Indra's net, which connects all that lives in a shimmering web. Rather than a single thread, we could also look at it as a tapestry of threads. Some strands that weave harmoniously, other times the strands become tangled and snarled. Some threads may lead us astray. Some threads need to be cut. Not all threads are positive. But amongst the many threads of our lives, perhaps we can discern one constant invisible thread that if we keep hold of, come what may will lead us on a true path. As the black activist and theologian Howard Thurman writes, Only one end of the threads I hold in my hand. The threads go many ways, linking my life with other lives. One thread comes from a life that is sick. It is taught with anguish. And always there is a lurking fear that the life will snap. I hold it tenderly. I must not let it go. One thread comes from a high-flying kite, which quivers with the mighty current of fierce and holy dreaming, invading the common day with far-off places and visions bright. One thread comes from the failing hands of an old, old friend. Hardly aware am I of the moment when the tight line slackened, and there was nothing at all. One thread is but a tangled mass that won't come right. Mistakes, false starts, lost battles, angry words, a tangled mass. I've tried so hard, but it won't come right. One thread is a strange thread. It's my steadying thread. When I am lost, I pull it hard and find my way. When I am saddened, I tighten my grip and gladness glides along its quivering path. When the waste places of my spirit appear in arid confusion, the thread becomes a channel of newness of life. One thread is a strange thread. 
It is my steadying thread, and God's hand holds the other end. Words by Howard Thurman. Right now, the thread that has led me true through life, through twists and turns and peaks and valleys and dark places and light, it's hard to feel as I try to discern the way forward. I stepped down from Godalming at the end of January and people keep asking me and my husband, where are you moving to? And all we can say right now is, we don't know. Like the princess in the story who's led down into a mountain, we've come to a bit of a standstill, but we're trying to be patient as we wait for the pull of the invisible thread to guide us on. It doesn't mean we passively do nothing. A bit like the princess removing stones that block sight of the path. We're making a few visits to various locations. We're trying to clean the house and tidy and get the house ready for sale. But we know the process can't be rushed. We don't want to just trust our own desires and egos. We want to trust that larger thread to lead us onward. Perhaps you've had similar times of losing sight of the guiding thread of your life and having no choice but to simply trust the process. And alongside the personal stories of our lives in these times of global unrest, political change, environmental challenge and collective upheaval, we do well to trust that greater reality which remains constant, to follow the thread that goes amongst things that change but does not change, to follow the thread through tragedies and suffering and getting old, to follow the thread even when others can't understand. We can't stop times unfolding, we cannot stop suffering, but we can keep hold of the thread, the still bright thread of hope that remains true and will guide us onwards. And knowing we are connected in community, even when we are apart, woven together by some larger reality, all part of some great, greater story that shapes our lives. Through the coming weeks and months, may we trust the great web that holds us all and the still bright thread of hope that leads us on, come what may. Amen. And so we come to our closing hymn with words adapted from the Tao Te Ching, the words offering that idea of the thread, the golden thread. So please sing together our closing hymn, number 142 in Sing Your Faith. Thank you. 
Okay, I'm doing the announcements today. <laughs> so thanks so much to Sheena for leading our service today. Thank you to Janine. Oh, and we are at time. So if you do need to go, that's absolutely fine. Thank you so much for joining. And if you are able to stay for a little bit longer for the announcements, blessing and closing music, that would be wonderful. Okay, so thank you to Janine and Ramona for hosting. Thank you to Abby and Peter for our music. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service as usual. And obviously for those in Essex Church, do drop us an email to say hello. And Jane, our ministry coordinator, will be in touch when she's back from her annual leave. So we have various small group activities during the week for you to meet up. Coffee morning is online, 10.30 on Wednesday. There's still places left for heart and soul. Our com contemplated spiritual gatherings, that's online on Sunday and Friday at 7 p.m. And this week's theme is reconciliation. You can join Laura tonight or Jane on Friday. Please do just email them directly if you'd like to join. And then in terms of in-person gatherings, our monthly poetry group is this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Bring a favourite poem or two to read to the group on any subject. It could be a poem that you've written or a favourite poem. If you're able to share that with David in advance, that would be wonderful and you are welcome to bring your own refreshments. And then if you're feeling more energetic, do come along at 12.30 on Friday for Near Dance with Sonia, and that has a cost of £10. Now for our next service on Sunday, our service next Sunday will be hybrid. So please do come along to the church in person or join us online. It will be the Harvest Festival led by Sarah Tinker. So please feel free to bring home some to bring some homegrown veg or other suitable decorations for the table display or to show off online. And if you are planning to come along, then do check your email as usual, just to see if there's any alternative arrangements that are being made. And then you might want to try and come, up, come along to a new online Unitarian event called Together in Meditation, which is taking place every Thursday on Zoom at 7.30, led by Sheena, Rob, Richard Boba and Lizzie Kingston Harrison. Information about these will be in Friday's email. And then as always, please do keep in touch. You know that we have our community beyond our Sunday services. So let's continue to nurture those connections and please do check the email for any further information. Thank you, Maria. And apologies to you all that I'm running over. I always find it difficult to come into other people's um, formats when notices are included and music. So anyway, no excuses, but apologies. And thank you for bearing with me that I've gone on a little longer than your usual hour. So our closing words from Parker J. Palmer, adapted from a poem. Let us keep collecting threads, threads of meaning, threads of hope, threads of purpose, energy and will along with all the knowledge and skill that every weaver needs. Let us keep on weaving, stopping sometimes only to repair our broken looms, weaving a cloak of warmth and light against the dark and cold, a cloak in which to wrap whoever comes to us in need, the world with all its suffering, those at hand and ourselves. And if we are lucky, we will find along the way 
the threads with which we can reweave our own tattered lives. The thread that more than any other laces us with warmth and light, making both the weaver and the weaving true. The red thread they call love. The thread we hold, then hand along, say into another, you. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>